Hello and welcome to Need2Go. Need2Go is a podcast meant to help you take your learning on the go. Our goal is to support administrators, tech coordinators, educators, and just anyone in their learning journey. So whether you are at home, work, the gym, or on your commute, we are glad you're joining us. Now for the latest episode of Need2Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Need2Go. Uh, we're excited to have this episode this month. Um, those of you that are listening uh, recently, or if it's something you're listening to to catch up, this is our episode specifically to correlate with our spring 2021 conference series um, in an effort to give some content that people can kind of listen to on the go. So, but a good way for people to listen to something on the go, in the car, um, on a jog, on the treadmill, whatever uh, fits your need but also to let you know that we have a lot of other episodes that we've been recording over the past, gosh, I think year and a half, something like that. Um, so I am here joined with Josh Allen, a former board member and NIDA board president. And our topic today, um, Josh and I have been talking a little bit about digital citizenship. It's come up a lot through the pandemic, a lot more device use. I think schools are increasing some of their devices, spending some of their um, CARES Act money, what have you, updating devices. There's lots of curriculum that schools are adopting, um, a lot more screen time, but schools do a nice job of sharing digital citizenship from a classroom standpoint. Um, teachers are equipped with resources to support students in most of that. Um, I think that's something that NIDA has a passion for as well as some of our conference strand content does center around uh, digital citizenship, whether that's device use, whether that's um, online searches and what that looks like for Creative Commons, you know, citing sources. There's a lot of layers to that. But I think one of the layers that Josh and I would like to talk about today deals with digital citizenship resources for parents. So, um, Josh, thank you for joining us. We're happy to have you kind of back, I don't want to say on the board, but doing something alongside of the NIDA board just to kind of get you back in this in the groove again, right? Yeah, well, let's not like this isn't like a reunion tour or comeback. <laughs> like this is this is one time. Don't don't get worried. I'm not even going to say get your hopes up. Don't get worried. I am not I I just I have a huge love for uh the NIDA organization and and the board of directors. So, um this is what I like about this topic is this is one that uh, myself and Devin Shoning and Brent Catlett have done at NIDA in person for a number of years. The three of us hosted a podcast called Dads and Ed uh, for, I think, five or six years. Uh, we wrapped it up a couple of years ago. And it really, you know, to your point, you know, all of us have, were parents and, and we're going through these struggles. And uh, it was it was just a great conversation. We, we would regu regularly fill... Uh, a room, uh, a conversation room uh, down at CHI or uh, whatever it was called then. And um, so it, it was always a, a hot topic. So it's, it's good to bring that in, into your, into this fancy little podcast area you guys got, which I listen to on, on runs, by the way, in case you were wondering. Perfect. So kind of what I mentioned, Josh, and something I, like you said, you're passionate about is digital citizenship and kind of correlating that with the parenting piece. And as we, you know, we're in the springtime, we're getting through a school year, kids are going to be going home for the summer, hopefully playing outside, but they're on devices, whether teachers send home resources or not. 
parents are still asking teachers like, what's a good age for a device? How much screen time is too much? And I think this is a good opportunity to kind of discuss whether we put on our parent hat, whether we put on our teacher hat or our tech integration hat. Let's kind of share some resources, maybe pinpoint some of the questions we get asked a lot. And we can kind of answer those from a parent side, from a teacher side, and just give our listeners some ideas or things that they can share out with their parents. Yeah, and I think it's important to um, have a, the, the first thing I think that's important is that all families are different. Um, mm -hmm. My family is different than Heather's family and, and is different than all the listeners' families. And so you really have to judge what's best for you. My kids are not, like we don't have to pry the devices out of their hands. They are willing to go outside and and um, and play and, and run around. They they don't always like it, but um, you know it's it's not horrible to pull it out of their hands. So, you know, I think that's one thing to keep in mind as we go through this. And the other thing that I would say, you brought up screen time, and one of the things I've always said is screen time is not created equal. There is a very different. Um, screen time activity if you are watching Netflix versus if you are engaging in a learning app, you know, whether that's mm -hmm. drawing or, um, you know, the, my, I, I love, 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 love the storybook apps that have you engage with the book. Um, Loud Crow Interactive was one of my favorite um, app brands. They would do like the Peanuts uh, books and, um, I can't remember the other ones. Ocean House Media does a lot of the Dr. Seuss and uh, Tacky the Penguin is one of our favorites. And so th mm -hmm. that's a lot different than just staring blankly at a screen. Um, so I think all those things need to be uh, kept in mind as you're setting the ground rules for your family. I found it interesting. I know I shared this with you, but on families.google, they did a study over the last year of some different um, searches that they found that parents, some searches that had increased. And one of the questions that um, was searched in Google um, was how much screen time is too much for kids? But what I found is interesting is their response, very similar to what you just said, every, family, every family's tech preference is different and you have to find the right tools, and the right screen time choice. But that search itself, like the screen time being too much for my kids, had increased 217% over the last year. So that's yeah. one of the factors that kind of contributed to this is such an amazing topic. And that site, families.google, you know, does report those facts, but then it follows up with some suggested articles, whether they're using Common Sense Media or PBS Kids, that has an article or a video for parents to review and kind of look at that just kind of reiterates exactly what you said. Like every family's different every app, every tool, whether you're doing Netflix or reading, whether you're consuming or creating, that's another avenue yeah. of, yep. you know, that affects that screen time. Yeah, that, that's another great point. Uh, we we want kids to create and uh, sometimes that takes a long time. Uh, <laughs> creation is not always the easiest thing to do. Um, I, you know, when, when we used to do in-person kindergarten registration, uh, we, we're telling our parents one day that uh, there are new soon to be parents that uh, the uh, K, our K one building, all kindergartners have access to a Chromebook all day. And there was some major red flags going on that 
oh my goodness, my kindergartner is going to be sitting in front of a device all day. And that's not true. That's not why we have it. We have it so it's easily accessible whenever the teachers need it. But, you know, it, it we do want kids outside. And, and you know, sometimes like even for for my 13-year-old, sometimes that is taking video and pictures and, and you know, then having to edit those. Um, so, you know, not all screen time is equal. And, you know, some some days that's easier said than done. It's It's been kind of a gloomy week. So, uh, my kids are actually on spring break, and uh, yeah. so you know, there one of those days there was a little bit more screen time than what there was today. So uh, you, you really have to there 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 can't be a set rule from one kid to the next and one day to the next. I would agree with that. Um, you know, on the same lines too, when you're talking about screen time, kind of correlates with online safety conversations and going back to you were naming a bunch of apps and some educational Netflix, that type of thing. But I think the other uh, piece that if you go to this families.google and look at some of their insights on their infographic, um, it kind of still goes back to every family's different. But one of the statements this infographic makes is make online safety an ongoing conversation. And I think some of that relates to parenting, you know, kind of goes back to your dad's and ed days. If you're having conversations about general things with your kids when they're young, then those online safety conversations are going to be easy to have. But what it showed on here, it said one in four parents um, have not proactively spoken to their kids about online safety. And so whether that's a, I don't feel um, equipped to have those conversations, or I don't know what to say, or it's scary, or I don't want to upset them. I know I've heard some people say, you know, it's detrimental if I have to say I'm taking this away because their behavior, you know, the behavior um, in return is a extreme reaction, that type of thing. Um, but I think parents need to know that there's places out there like your common sense media, um, again, families.google, where you have resources to go to um, to read and find out more information on how to have these proactive conversations. Yeah, it, it does say uh, on that uh, resource, which was new to me when you, uh, so I was glad that you had shared that uh, prior to recording this, but uh, two and five do not feel confident to have that talk with their kids. And in our house, um, you know, my wife stays home. And so we told our kids when they go to junior high, we would get them a phone. Uh, but what we did, because we didn't, you know, and listen, I didn't know how to have the conversation with kids, you know. <laughs> I was listening to this, or I was, uh, my wife was telling me a conversation she had with somebody the other day about how hard it is for them to, you know, parent a teenager because their parents weren't around as much when they were a teenager. And, and, you know, my dad never had a tech talk with me because that was not a, a thing that you needed to ha have done. However long ago it was that I turned uh, 13. So we did turn to common sense media as a place to, um, they had a, they have a great uh, parent website. They have a great educator website. Um, but they had a like a contract that you could go through with kids about how you should treat people online and what you should do if if something happens. And we just went through that line by line with my son before he got a phone. And and we'll continue to have those conversations. It's not a it's not a one off conversation because apps are going to change and and kids are going to get older. And um, you know it's it's a continual conversation that needs to be had. You know, unfortunately, that's not an easy thing. You know, you mentioned uh, having to tear a device out of a kid's hand. That's not easy. Uh, having, you know, adult conversations with kids is not easy, but uh, it's something that we have to do as parents. 
Um, I'll highlight one more thing from that infographic. And then I just want to hit on a couple last suggestions or other things from a parenting side. Um, one of the other things, you know, we kind of talk about things that are concerning what parents are searching, but it does highlight two positive outcomes of the past year. And obviously one is spending more quality time together at home. Um, obviously that's because there's nowhere to go, nothing to do. <laughs> so you're kind of stuck. Forced, but, forced family fun, right? Yes. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, when you talk about internet searches, it said that there was a significant increase in new passions and activities that people found online. Lots of DIYs, you know, whether it's crafts or cooking. And I think I can um, attest to that. Definitely. You know, my 11 year old was constantly searching for crafting ideas and recipes. I have a seven year old that uh, searches information on how to draw certain things and will play a YouTube video over and over again, pausing it, fast forwarding it to get the perfect um, image of Luigi and Mario or whatever. Those are just a few examples. But I think some of those searches as a family, whether you're cooking together, crafting together, or um, entrepreneuring, looking for new ideas, that that's a definite positive example of the extra time to search those DIYs. Um, and those things that you may not have done or families may not have had the time to do together. Yeah, we actually did some sort of a when uh, genius hour type thing when uh, my kids were home uh, last spring. And it, it just like you said, it, it allows them to kind of explore their passions more and, uh, you know, spend more time together. And, you know, we we look stuff up together and, and learned a lot about different things. And so, yeah, it, take advantage of try to find the silver lining in what has been uh, a tough year overall. So lastly, Josh, before we close, can you think of any other questions that you feel like people ask you as a parent or maybe ask you as a tech integrationist, a teacher related you know, one, to use? Yeah. One of the things that I think comes up a lot is social media. And uh, again, there's, there's a lot of different, uh, experiences and, and um, just philosophies behind student use of social media. Um, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the book, uh, It's Complicated, The Social Lives of Network Teens. Um, this is a book that if you ever did come to uh, our session at NIDA uh, on parenting, uh, Devin Schoening uh, was a huge champion of this book. Uh, it was, I think it was released in 2014. Yeah. 2014, um, and still extremely relevant today. I actually uh, used it uh, when I was doing some undergrad teaching. It was adopted as the textbook for the class, and it does a really good job of, of not necessarily helping you understand apps, but helping you understand why kids go for certain apps or you know why kids are sneaky about technology use and for me, it was really eye-opening, uh, especially you know the first time I read it a couple times now. But the first time I read it uh, was prior to having a student uh, or a child that was old enough to have social media, and it's given me a an interesting perspective on on their use now. Um, so if you haven't used that, you know we talked about families.google and and common sense media, and those are great resources for tools and to do um, you know searching for different content pieces, but uh, It's Complicated is a really uh, good read on uh, the why behind a lot of what kids do. 
Awesome. No, I think that that really covers it. I was just kind of searching through a couple of the resources and you said common sense. They do, when you relate back to some of those apps and social media, they have a lot of resources like what is Snapchat from a parent's perspective or six tips for parents about Instagram and parents ultimate guide to TikTok. I could go on and on, but those are just some examples that you'll find um, out there for parents. And so whether you're a teacher, whether you're a parent, whether you're both, there's information out there to support. And um, that would probably be the next avenue is to make sure that as educators, we're not only educating our students, but we're supporting our parents because they're hearing that this and that is bad, but they're not hearing solutions on how to support, how to make things better, and most importantly, um, how to be educated as a parent through all of this. Yeah, because technology is not going away. This it's it's toothpaste that has been shot out of the toothpaste tube, and there's no way that you're putting that back in. So, I'm not saying let it go wild wild west, uh, but we have to learn how to work within the parameters that society is giving us. Absolutely. Well, Josh, thank you so much for your time. I always value our conversations. We'll probably talk similarly about this for months now because now I need to get my it's complicated book back out and read it cover to cover. I told you before, I said, I've read it piece by piece, but I need to read it cover to cover. So it's definitely a good one. Definitely a recommended reading for parents, teachers, everyone. Um, Again, I appreciate your time. Hopefully our listeners are enjoying the spring series conference uh, this year and um, are able to listen into some other need episodes or need to go episodes as well. So that's all we have. Thank you. Thank you.